3: Well, good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. I hope you guys are well. My name is uh, Louis Mendez. Joining me on this week's show as we gear up for Saturday's home game uh, with uh, Fleetwood Town. First up is uh, Mr Nathan Muller. Hey there, you doing,
1: Living the dream, mate. Another three points on the board. So it's all good, yeah. mate. Good, week. good weekend down yeah. there on the weekend.
3: Yeah, well, as I say, we, we already spoke about uniting the cells uh, down in Exeter, but you know, try try not to get involved in any of that nasty business this weekend. And also joining us uh, for the first time in a while, actually, is uh, Mr. Mark are Hey doing, Mark. Um, I'm surviving
4: a four-year-old who's vomiting non-stop. So you know.
3: That sounds about right. That's pretty much the situation I was in last Sunday, actually. So uh, I'm glad glad it's not just me. Uh, Excellent. So on this week's show, then, uh, we will, of course, be looking ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Fleetwood Town. We've got plenty of other stuff to get our teeth into uh, as well. Dean Holden, of course, linked with a job elsewhere earlier on today. We're going to hear the Addicts boss speak uh, about that link to Huddersfield uh, Town. We'll try and discuss the takeover to an extent without us really knowing anything about what's going on, but we'll give you an update on what we do. uh, Excellent news that George Dobson has triggered an extra deal, uh, an extra year on his contract as well. So we're going to hear from Holden uh, on Dobbo doing that. We'll have a couple of discussions uh, about a few things. We're going to hear from Mia Ross uh, from the Charlton women's team, just been called up to the England uh, under 23s, which is excellent news. So we will uh, hear from her uh, on that. And then, of course, we will turn our attention to that game Uh, with Fleetwood Town that's coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, We're going to hear from Dean Holden on that, on the fitness uh, of the squad. We'll have a little chat about our opponents as well. A certain Jaden Stockley uh, will be coming back uh, to the Valley, of course, on Saturday. So we will uh, speak about that as well. We've got your four word reviews as well. Put out some talking points on Twitter uh, earlier on uh, this evening. Uh, Carl Bratton I've just seen has uh, very helpfully replied purely in emojis. so I don't know how I'm going to speak that but there we go um, so yeah we were, uh, we, we've were we got your your thoughts on a, a couple of the topics I'll put out there as well so we'll come to those uh, at the end of the show uh, as well so um, where should we start I think we should start with the fact that Dean Holden uh, was linked uh, in the Daily Mail today to the uh, vacant uh, job up at uh, Huddersfield Town uh, earlier on today so of course uh, Terry uh, was in the press conference, and you don't need to ask Terry twice. He uh, put it to the addicts boss uh, to find out what his answer is on that link to Huddersfield Town.
0: For me, got to mention it because it's uh, appeared in the news this morning or certainly on, on socials. Um, the Huddersfield Town vacancies, uh, you'll know it's been thrown into the hat, and obviously, again, Charlton fans will be a little bit wary. They've taken you to their hearts because uh, the impact you've made here, I mentioned it before, that uh, it's been a great impact. So um, they'll be worried a little bit. Anything you can say on that? No, I, I'm not seeing
2: a I, I smile. Cause I've just literally been told about that prior to this this, uh, this uh, interview. Um, it's not something i have seen. If if it's true, then it, I suppose it shows we're doing good things at the moment. One thing's for sure that is, if we'd have lost every single game since I came in, I wouldn't be getting linked with a with another job, would I? So it's credit to everybody the way that everyone's responded, the supporters in- included in that, and everyone at the football club. So. No, it's uh, it's not me sitting on the fence. It's I've said this for nearly six weeks now, which is my if my focus is taken away from anything other than preparing the team for Saturday's game, then that's a disservice. That's a that's a sackable offence. Probably shouldn't use that word, should because but it is. It is because you shouldn't ever get ahead of yourself. I certainly don't. I concentrate on working with the players. I love working with this group. I really do. And you're right, we're in a good moment uh, currently, so why not keep that going? There's a good feel-good factor around at the minute, and yeah love every minute of it
3: well it's not a no i guess <laughs> um uh i guess we, it is only a start but with the start that he's had at the valley Nafe, are we surprised to hear dean being linked with jobs elsewhere no
1: it's gonna happen isn't it it's gonna happen when you're when you're doing well as a manager or even when you're a player that's that's what happens it's football it's the nature of the beast um but i mean yeah there's when I did read it today, it did strike me as a bit of a... He's only on a short-term contract. Someone's looking for a job. Can someone put something out there, whoever that may be, to try and force the hand of the current club that he's at, which is actually us? Um, but I could be wrong. It, they, they could, but they, they may well be. But i will be like, if I was a Huddersfield fan, I'd be like, why Dean Holden? I know he's he had a little bit of a stint at Bristol City. And he's obviously made a good start at Cholton, but they're struggling a little bit and they're probably going to need someone a bit more with experience in my opinion. So I just think two and two together equals four a little bit on that one, mate, but I'm I'm hoping it's, it's false and I'm hoping that he stays because I'm sure like everyone else is enjoying the current, uh, the form that we're on.
3: Yeah. It's, um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, Mark, I guess my initial reaction when, when I see any manager being linked with any club in a newspaper is normally, I imagine, his agents put that out there. I mean, it does, I mean, it does go to show sort of where we are as a club with Dean Holden only on a six-month deal. If he does do incredibly well and he has started pretty well, you've got four wins in our last five games, you know, that first half at Oxford was probably the only time we played badly under Dean, then he will attract attention and he will become... You know, in an ever increasingly difficult managerial sort of market for for clubs to get the right man. If you've got someone who's on a bit of a roll, he he will become he will become sort of a an asset that that people would want to try and bring into their club.
4: Yeah, but he's he's got no background of keeping a club up. Which Huddersfield, look at where they are. They're struggling. They need someone to go in, you know, and really force some draws and wins and stuff. And he's got no history of that. He's just been an assistant. You know, okay, he's doing well with us, but, you know, it just shows what a clown show we are because there's no one in the, in the club who's going to say, all right, let's get him timed down to a longer contract now because we everything's so up in the air with new ownership and people coming in. You know, who's going to offer him a new contract? Thomas isn't. Thomas is going to be on his way out. So you can understand if it is, you know, being put out there that he's looking. You can, under, you can understand that. And I say you get someone on a six-month contract, you know, you wouldn't blame the guy because, you know, they could probably put another zero onto his wages. So, you know, and he's, he's up that way. So I don't know if his family have come down here or they're still up there. But it's it would be disappointing if he went because I think he does get us. And that's the thing, you know. It's, I was a bit sceptical when he first came in. You know, because I thought to myself, I thought Garner had been a bit mistreated in a way he'd been got rid of. But, you know, he's he's come in. He's got a great attitude. He wants people with a correct attitude playing for him. And he seems to have weeded out the ones he thought who didn't. And so maybe he might look at it and say, well, this, you know, this Charlton project is something I can get behind. He doesn't really fancy going to Huddersfield. He doesn't know the players there. You know, they could, he could go there and find he's got a right bunch of chances. And he can't – there's no window. He can't bring anyone in. He's only got what he's got there. That's the thing, though. It's the hardest thing, getting rid of a manager after a window's closed. I don't know. I mean, look, I'd like him to stay because I think he's the right fit for us. So,
3: For him, personally, knife. I mean, he has – obviously, we, we heard what you he said to Terry there, and he has really you know, looked look, look to sort of ingrain himself within – within the Charlton psyche. You know, even today I saw that, that Clive from the museum had gone down to, to give him a couple of pictures of, of the, the valley and its historical state to stick up in his office. You know, I, we know he's been to the pub, he was buying beers on a, on a train back from um, from Exeter City last last week. Um, you know, I, I know he's been seeking out conversations with, with Charlton legends, uh, you know, who are still around the club. It's pretty easy to guess who they are, to be fair. But, you know, n- names that you'd want, you'd want people to... To, to have conversations with. Um, but at the same time, you know, if I was a manager and I wanted to win fans over, obviously there, there's two, there's two things you have to do. A, you have to do all that bit. And that's what any football fan would know, you know, and Dean's a massive football fan, massive Man United fan, proper bloke as well. You've got to give it to him in that regard. But that is the easy bit. And then obviously the hard bit is the results, which also he's had so far, which is good. But um, obviously, let's, just probably agree that a bit of that is for show because like I say it's a good way to get to get yourself into the heart and minds of the of the fans if he was to be offered a championship job at the end of this season I can't see why on earth he'd stay at Charlton if that came up because he's a manager who wants to go and you know improve himself in his career
1: yeah there is that um I think you can look at it but you can paint it both ways really I think with with Holden, we know he's he's quite early on in his career. You know, he's had a little bit of a stint as as, as Bristol City, and, and he was helping at number two at Stoke. Um, and th- this gig is quite; He can make it his own, really. And as you said, he's done all the right things and getting to know the club, and you know, and accepting help from other people when you know when they need it. He he was talking about saying how um, Steve Brown comes across well on on Chelten TV. And that, you know, he, he knows what he's talking about and he might have helped invite him down the training ground to give his advice and stuff. So I don't I don't think he's too proud to to obviously get help where he needs it. Um, and also he's, he's paid tribute to, um, obviously, Anthony um, Hayes in terms of his tactical now. So, but in terms of he gets offered it a, a lot, you know, at the end of the season, if he does, I think that's all down, that's on our doorstep really. Because if we've offered him a six-month anyway to tie us over, fair. OK, maybe not the decision most of us wanted, but it is what it is. Um, and you'd hope by then, by, well, what's that? By the summer, you'd sort of want to know who our permanent manager is going to be. Because had, we've said this last time, how, how are you going to do your recruitment for, for next season? This massive rebuild that we always have to do. But um, but I agree with you, mate. I wouldn't, if, if he isn't being an offered, offered a contract here and he gets offered elsewhere at a higher division, then you can't blame him. But at the same time, surely you'd want to stick around for something that you've started um to build build that culture back in that we need. Um and fin- you know and finish the project that he's he's done so well at so far.
3: Yeah, and uh I mean it, it does come back to the the question, as everything does now, unfortunately, at at the club of where we are, you know, in terms of the takeover, in terms of you know i i think to me it feels like no secret that obviously since charlie methan came on the scene all of a sudden there was all sorts of appointments that would be linked to that takeover obviously we know about jim rodwell and andy scott um coming in at the same time as as that takeover starting to be rumoured um and i see dean sort of as part of that i imagine he was brought in as part of that deal because you know he was announced at the same time as four others so for him, you know, I I feel that he'll know more about what's going on in the background, Mark, than, than we do as well. And You know, I've said before, he obviously feels like he's not in a situation where he could say more, which is it's not really his job to talk about a takeover. But I guess deep down, he probably knows more. So he'll know whether he needs to keep his options open as well at the end of the season.
4: Oh, good God. I'd hate to play um, poker against the man. He's got such a stone face. Um, He doesn't give anything away. Um, yeah, he, you're right. He would know more, and as you, when you were trying to get things out of him over the transfer window, you know, there's he's nothing. You're not getting anything, and yet because he did come in at the same time, he'll he'll know a bit more about it. But in, in that case, maybe you would have thought there would have been a bit more activity in the window if he's going to be there for a the long run, and he's got some people doing it, and he could say, right, this is what I'm going to need. Again, we're we're shooting ourselves in both feet with these contracts, and I understand it because they don't want, you know, big long contracts to pay out. But on the other hand, this is what happens. Like you say, he's going to go to the um, end of the season, and we maybe finish fourteenth ish, and uh, it's someone will come in for him and he'll go and then what happens we spend all summer not knowing who's in charge not knowing and it's the same same flipping carousel unfortunately
3: there we go um carousel is a good word really it's actually what one of the four word reviews has come in it's just used that word that word actually um it's been another bizarre week in terms of this takeover, knife. You know, it's tiresome, it's concerning. You know, it's been all sorts. But I mean, it sort of came to a head a bit this week because Charlie Methen's name came into the Athletic. It was reported in the Athletic. Now, I'm not entirely sure to, to the majority of Charlton fans, there was anything in that report we didn't already know. But it sort of brought it again to to wider and a wider audience. So Sunderland fans certainly piped up they saw this and, and and in come the warnings again you know I mean it's it's been a a, a tough few days I think in terms of we, we, when, when Matt Southall for example was being lit with uh, Birmingham we were warning Birmingham fans and now we're on the receiving end of that and in similar situation there's some fans are hoping that the Sunderland fans are taking it too far but I mean you have to trust other supporters who've already been through what what could possibly come there? It doesn't help that the communications all over the place. There's leaking to to certain fans as well from both sides, which is you know just so unprofessional from the people involved, which doesn't paint either either group in in, in good light really either as well. But it's just just getting tiresome. But yeah, the the warning signs from Sunderland fans. I know you've spoken to Sunderland fans over the course of the years as well, Nave. That's it, got to be there could be nothing but concerning. Yeah, it is. Um, obviously it was saying we had a conversation
1: on the on the WhatsApp, as Scott Minnow says. Um <laughs> uh yeah, I mean when I did even message uh the the guy who obviously interviewed Charlie Meffin um when it was leaked because I was working, didn't see it, and all of a sudden um he was on the Roka Report and was on the documentary and he, he just texted me out of nowhere and said I can't say too color- too much colourful language, but um, he just said it's a bad idea. Um, and yeah, I mean, straight away, I don't know Charlie, you know, Charlie mevin I don't know anything about him. I, was, I, know, I know he was at Sunderland and there was a few comical bits that he'd done in, in the documentary that was shown. But yeah, it's, it's, it's not great. Um, I mean, and like you say, things are getting leaked left, right and centre. And I think all that's being done for really is for leverage and just to get it out in the press. And I, if, if you've got any... Wits about you, keep all your laundry in house. I don't know if that's the right saying, mate. To be honest, I just must mess that up. But you keep you it all in house. Laundry
3: and... is what you're trying to say.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. To be honest, and um but yeah, it's another day, and it's. Do you know what? I can't keep up with it, and there's all these other things that have come out, and do you know what? It's just tiresome. It just seems like for the last god knows how many years, there's been takeovers and whatnot, and until it's all official we're just going to just have to wait and see. But I'm not trying to read too much into it because it will just send me insane and I have other stuff to do to worry about the, the the ifs, buts and maybes and just see what happens and then we'll take it from there. And then we can have the discussion about who it is and all that jazz.
3: Mm, yeah, I mean, obviously in terms of people who can get information out there, Rick Everett, Voice of the Valley uh, editor or former now, of course, now that he's sort of retired, that is um, is put on Twitter today that, you know, there's been a lot of talk about a split between some sort of American investors and what we pre- presume, used to think was was, was Thomas Sangard. Now, now, Rick is saying the, there was going to be maybe an 80-20 split in the Mevan uh, CFC takeover bid, which is more complicated than thought, with the 20 intended to include Mevan, Lenigan and likely Thomas Sangard. And bear in mind that Richard Corley has said in the last couple of weeks that he believes that Sangard was only 10% when there had been a lot of talk about 18 or 20. So that might make more sense. Uh, so rick is saying the 80 is u.s money and ties up with the earlier texas stuff so again we've spoken previously about this um this sort of brochure that's been going around in, in texas by all accounts encouraging people to come and um invest money um not necessarily large amounts of money as well so it is and and, and rick has said himself it's like an exercise in herding cats so I, I saw something I, I saw it in one of the forums at the moment but like when it's being leaked out there that there's billionaires involved if they're going around scrambling for tiny amounts of money either they're not billionaires or they're not that confident in their return on investment which is going on so rick carries on saying the plan has very much still been based on cost cutting uh, and efficiency plus getting promoted so running the business a little bit leaner to save money in the short run and then getting promoted to presumably sell the business on in a flip um, or he, the Rick does say that may well be contradictory because I mean you know if you if you cut costs in, in certain places that might not help you in terms of a short term aim for getting promoted and a long term aim of running the academy and stuff these are all the things that we're worried about um, so yeah so Rick uh, Rick says uh, conflicting rumours about whether the deal itself is in trouble it's hard to know either way so like we said we've seen <clears throat> what I would call fans who I know are closer to getting stuff from Sandguard saying in the last few days that the deal is. Either wavering or dead, uh, and then someone who we I know for a fact was speaking to Charlie Mevan or directly on LinkedIn, saying that at one point saying the deal was closed and then going quiet. So I don't know, Mark. It's the first time you've been on for a while. Are, are you looking at this take of, takeover thinking, yes, here we go back to the bloody top?
4: <sighs> no, you know what? It's if they're once this, like it's a favourite phrase we use. Nath uses a lot bunch of chances. I think they're, a, they're one step away from sending out an email saying that invest in this company because there's a Nigerian billionaire who's going to give you some money for it. And it's it does seem to be it's almost like a pyramid scheme. They want to get people in, and then they're going to take their share. They're all they're all going to go. And of course, pyramid schemes are, are built to fail. They really are. And Again, uh, Nathan, I don't know much about this guy, uh, Methan, and but again, you do heed the warnings from other clubs, and it just seems to be that the EFL and their fit and proper tests they do are, are, are pointless because these people keep turning up at the same clubs doing the same things, and uh, you know, okay, Sunderland are probably in a better place now, but you know, it, it took it took some changes. But I I can't see that happening with us. All I can see is, again, asset stripping. Someone's going to come in. They're going to look at the valley. They're going to say, you know what, look at that for real estate. You know, look how close it is. And all the stuff we've gone through for, for many, many years, you know, obviously I'm going back to leaving the valley, you know, and then the wilderness years, the sellers years. And I know it seems to be, you know, a lot of younger, modern Charlton fans go, yeah, but you've got to think of it. It's the past, but the past is what makes our history and what makes us a club and makes us special for, for fighting to get back where we belong, to back to the Valley. And it just seems like someone's come along looking at that and going, oh, you know, look at them. They're a League One club. We can sell that. They don't need to touch a big stadium, blah, blah, blah. And before you know it, we're going into the same fights with the same type of people, um, it's it's disconcerting, and it, it's it's almost heartbreaking on a level because of every the journey we went through to get ourselves. I mean, I don't consider a Premiership the hallowed land because I remember when it was the old First Division. So it's, but having been there and experienced that. And watching the slow decline, it's it's like it's like a death by a thousand cuts, and you, you see it, and you just think to yourself, madness is repeating the same mistakes, and that's what we seem to be doing. We're, we're we're inviting the same people, or type of people, and all you're getting is people going right. How can I make a quick buck out of Charlton? And if you look at it, the mm. well, one thing we've got is a fantastic youth system and a fantastic academy. If that goes, it's, it's a there's a certain creek, and obviously, you know, we're running short of paddles, let alone canoes.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's where we are. It is thoroughly depressing. So there we go. Right, let's move on to, to something else, shall we? We we've had something resembling some sort of good news today. Um George Dobson. Uh, we, we knew there was a trigger in his contract uh so the likelihood is he, he was going to at some point get to this and and, and we were going to have another year uh, on his deal but that has uh, happened uh today uh so Terry uh, asked Dean Holden about the good news
0: I feel good week the news that uh, George Dobson was, was triggered an extension to his contract and for charlton fans especially uh, they would have been worried in January that he might uh, that we might lose uh, you know our better players including George uh, and also in the past we have a habit of um, losing our player of the years quite quickly after they become it. So uh, good news for Charlton fans, because he's on course for potentially getting it again. Dobbo was never
2: going to leave in January. Um, yeah, great news. An extra year with uh, with the young man. He's a brilliant character. He's such a bubbly guy around the training ground. He's a winner. Um, I've, t- I've talked about him many times before. There's not a lot I could say now that I've not said previously, but he's certainly hes, he's a brilliant guy to work with and um, good for the group. He's great for me in terms of connection and the relationship I've had with him from previous when he was a young player coming in uh, to Walsall all them years ago from West Ham and someone that just speaks with uh, someone I can relate to He just speaks so open and honestly he's all right Geff you're all right Geff what's up Geff and he's asking he wants the best for the the football club and you can't really say you can't give any better credit to any captain or any player than that so no great news for the club that he's, uh, he's extended his deal
3: yeah, yeah, that is great news, isn't it? Um, with, with Dobbo extending that deal, Nath, Um I mean, it's only it's only a one year extension for now. Um, so obviously, let's not let's not get carried away. Um, but it, it it gets to a stage now where I guess, if uh, whatever happens in the summer, it, we, we could hopefully be in a position to offer him a proper deal.
1: Well, you'd hope so. Um, I mean, first, I mean, if Dano Krozi's air a little bit, it would be a ringer for uh, Dobber. I thought it was a great impression, to be fair to because he's Northern. But um, yeah, no, you'd hope so, mate. I think yeah, I think it was always going to be on the card that it was going to get extended. Otherwise, I thought there would have been Bedlam if he didn't. Um, Prue, I think it was the right decision, giving him the captain's armband, naturally. Um, been brilliant again. I can't see anyone else taking the player of the year crown off him. I really can't, unless some... Something amazing happens, but um, yeah, hopefully the summer comes around and they see whoever's here, whether it's Dean or whoever else, in terms of ownership as well. <laughs> they know what Anacity is, um, and I think they know. They just said how great he is on the pitch and even off of it. Um, he relates to the fans, a little bit of a cult hero, and yeah, he offers so much. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted he's got uh, got another year. Not not amazing that it's just one year, but Small steps at a time, I suppose, with us, but um, yeah, delighted that he's he's here because he's been just been brilliant. Um, considering Sunderland fans didn't rate him at all, it's mad to think that really. Um, but things don't work out for whatever reason, but yeah, absolutely delighted, mate.
3: Yeah, I mean, we've had uh, we've had managers who didn't rate him, Nigel Atkins didn't rate him. It, you'd argue that at the very start of the season, that, um that Ben Garner didn't rate him because he tried to drop him uh for for Conor which is one of the greatest insults uh, known to man actually um yeah uh, so uh the, the most tackles in in the 92 I saw a stat earlier today he's got 100 tackles already this season obviously uh no one I think made more tackles on average in league one last season who'd played over 20 games there was one player at oh, Sheffield Wednesday or somewhere who'd played like eight games and 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 average more because obviously that was over a short amount of time. But I mean, consistency is 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 the name of George Dobson's game. But I'd also argue he's added a range of passing to his game. I don't think at the start of last season you're seeing him play that ball for Jez Raksaki's goal we saw against Exeter, for example, Mark.
4: No. Um, and also, playing devil's advocate, yes, he's got another year contract. But all that means is if someone comes in to buy him over summer, we can get some money for him. It just doesn't mean he's just going to stay for another year. It just means if someone wants him, they're going to have to fork out. Um, doesn't mean he's going to be with us. I'd love him to be. I mean, I think he's a, already a certain to get play of the year again because I just can't see anyone else. I mean, possibly Jez. Um, but it's, it's one of those things. He's got such a terrific engine. And as you say, he's adding things to his game, which is tantamount to all the coaching. But like I said, I think it comes down to Holden. And like you said, I haven't been on the show for a while. And one of the things is it does with him, I still think it comes down to attitude. And like he says, he sees Dobbo there. He sees he's got the right attitude. He's got a winning mentality, a hard-working, grafting mentality, which I think Holden appreciates. He so said, you might not be the most skillful player, but if you're going to put in the hard yards and graft. He's, he's going to sort of like love you for it, and I think sort of like that is possibly a, you know a match made in heaven. We've got the right manager with the right skipper, um, so yeah, it, it's good. I mean, I think there was a lot of talk last week when we brought in the um, young lad from Bournemouth. They said oh, he does the same kind of role as Dobson. So is it going to be Dobson's going to get more bench starts or whatever? Or, you know, they not But I think they showed on saturday that they could play together and you know it does does free him up and like you say that pass it was it was threaded through the eye of a needle it really was i mean it's just like a 30 yard a right of a right pace for right height you know okay it was a fantastic finish or a tap-in if you're an exeter fan but it's (laughs) it, it was that kind of thing i'd love him to get more goals i mean i think the ipswich header was the last one he scored if i'm if i'm correct and he, he doesn't have that. And you're thinking, OK, his role is to be the sitting in front of the back four, stopping people. But, you know, we know he's got a shot on him. So maybe pop up with because, you know, Kinsella used to do that same kind of role and but drive forward a bit more and, and got plenty of goals. So possibly add a few more goals to his tally. Um, but I'd rather he carry, just carries on doing what he's doing
3: lovely stuff right I'm a couple of our players up for awards as well um Scott Fraser's up for League One Player of the Month uh, which is good I think you know he's improved uh since Dean's come on again being asked to play slightly higher up the pitch Lee Byrne uh up at the uh for EFL Player of the Year at the London Football Awards as well I mean those two players certainly deserve plaudits Nath um uh, especially the London Football Awards we never seem to get anyone nominated for that so I'm really pleased for for Miles, but for Fraser as well. I mean, he's he's felt like he's been a bit of a revelation since um, since Dean Holden's come in.
4: Yeah, he has. After,
1: I mean, I thought he started the season really well under Ben, and then I think the downfall, a bit of an odd one, really, because I think he's he's lower. Uh, I wouldn't say he's lower lower runner form, but his impact in the final third took a bit of a hit when we played with a flat four, and he played in a two with Dobbo. So even though our form picked up a little bit, where we're trying to, we start to get some more points on the board, he had to do more of the defensive game, which isn't his game, in my opinion. He's better in that 10, finding up the spaces in between the lines. So, obviously, Dean's come in and it's no surprise to me that he's been given more of that licence to get forward. He's had some assists and had some goals to his game and he knows he's got the licence to do so when he's got people like Dobbo and, obviously, Gavin uh, behind him who can mop up and... Give him the ball to do do his magic. So delighted for him, of course. I was excited when he first joined, and he had a bit of a slow start through COVID. Um, and Miles is Miles. You know, he's improving uh, physically and and technically by every game he plays. So it's always nice to to obviously for the for, for the players to get recognition because it means you're doing something well. Um, and that goes for, obviously for those two especially, but for the whole team in general.
3: Lovely stuff. Right, we're going to have a quick break here on Chocolate Live, the big match preview. When we come back, we are going to hear from Mia Ross.
2: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads
0: and still lost 50 pounds.
3: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom
5: worked for me.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
4: Cullen, trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across, Bauer's there, pisses
3: there. Power with a header, and it's shot. Yes. Yes. Oh, he's it. oh, oh, Patrick Moore. You absolute German beauty! Dreamland! Dream has have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it too! Get in! Come on! What a time to be here! at Wembley! Oh, my word! Oh, my, oh my God. Word. Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday uh, to the back of the Fleetwood game. So if you want to have your say on that show, you can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at at Charlton Live. We are looking to take the show into a bit more of an interactive format uh, in the near future as well. So keep your eyes out on that. But we always love getting your messages in uh, to the show. So uh, yeah, if you want to have your say against uh, whatever happens against Fleetwood, if you want to talk about Jaden Stockley's hat trick, Uh, Make sure you get in contact uh, with us, uh, email studio at cheltonlive.co.uk or tweet us at Chelton Live. Now, let's hear uh, from Mia Ross from the women's team. The uh, girls are absolutely flying with eight wins in their last eight games in all competition. And it's a particularly special time for Mia as well. She's been called up uh, to the England uh, under 23. So she spoke to the club to express her delight uh, with that call up.
5: Mia, first of all, only one way to kick things off. Congratulations on your selection in the England Under-23 Lionesses camp. How delighted are you to make your spot? Yeah, I'm buzzing. Um, it just gives me confidence just knowing that I'm doing um, everything right to be selected at the moment. Um, it's obviously an honour to be representing England and especially after all the success of the Lionesses, it just like shows that we can just keep pushing now and just keep wanting success. So, yeah, really happy. Uh, Talking about success, obviously it's going really well for Charlton at the moment, Uh, eight consecutive wins across all competitions. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, we're doing really well. Um, We've kept quite a few clean sheets as well, which is good. But, you know, we we need to put that in the past now and just keep pushing now for for results. Um, Obviously, we're we're pushing towards the the last stages of the season now and we've got some very tough games coming up um, in quick succession. So we've just got to keep pushing and and hopefully getting some more three points on the board. So... Um, what do you think has been the key to Charlton's recent success and wins? One hundred percent. I think we've got a very togetherness um, team environment. Um, everyone gets on. Everyone's extremely encouraging, and I think that shows in in our results. You know, we're getting like ninety third minute winners, ninety seven minute winners. Um, you know, all the goals that we're scoring actually come in the latter stages of the game. So it's just knowing that we've got a good group together, and yeah. And finally, uh, Sheffield United at the weekend It's going to be another tough test, another tough battle because that one was an 83rd minute win and like you highlighted there, uh, what are you expecting them to bring? I think they'll be a very difficult team. Obviously, we knew from the last time we played them, we only beat them 1-0. Um, so, yeah, they're a very difficult team to break down. But, you know, hopefully our quality can can shine through and we can get the three points. So, yeah.
3: There we go. Massive congratulations to Mia then on a call up to the England squad, uh, the under 23s. And it's a massive step for her. Um, and yeah, just goes to show how well the, the side are doing eight wins, as I said, in all uh, competitions in a row. Uh, they're up at Sheffield United uh, at Bramwell Lane on Sunday, 2pm uh, kickoff. We should say our best wishes as well to Ella Rutherford. Uh, she's been on the show quite a few times with her interviews and one of our my favourite players to watch when we go down there. Uh, sadly, has, has suffered with an ACL injury, uh, which is such a massive blow for her. Uh, really took the shine off the uh, the late win against Coventry United, I think it was over the weekend. Um, so yeah, uh, all of our best wishes to, to Ella for her recovery, and uh, yeah, such a such a shame because, uh, like we say, she's uh, she, she's had a good season, scored a, scored a number of goals, scored a great goal at, at the Valley against Birmingham as well. Uh, you may remember. Right, let's turn our attention to the home game uh, with Fleetwood Town then that's coming up on uh, Saturday at the Valley. Um, the addicts, of course, uh, flying. In terms of uh, the last uh, last few games, four wins out of five uh, for Dean Holden's side. And the Addicts boss uh, was asked to have a quick look ahead to this game uh, by Terry. He shares his thoughts ahead of the clash uh, with the Cod Army.
0: At the Valley on Saturday, um, they got their first win in six, beating Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup. But uh, they've only got one win in seven league games um, over the last uh, few months. But they have a their squad, of course, including. James Stockley, who's, uh, who's going to make it back, will be keen to make a mark, as uh, we've also got uh, a previous uh, player playing for them as well, uh, Brendan Salpon-Maredo, so, so there'll be two players keen to make their mark against uh, against their old clubs, uh, something you've got to contend with.
2: Yeah, uh, I think when you uh, came up against them pretty early in the season, and, and Scott, I mean, I was talking to the players this morning about what Fleetwood are, Scott Brown is himself a top, top player, and you can see that in his, in his team. He's, he's a team that's fit, that will run puts demands on them, um, you're right they've mixed it up a little bit in terms of the recruitment. they brought Marriott in to, to, to go alongside Jaden up front and they've got some really good young players really good and a lot of energy in that midfield so yeah you're right they had a, a morale boosting win I think on, on uh, in the week there against Sheffield Wednesday on the back of a disappointing home defeat to, to Burton late, obviously Kirky scored late, um, good moment for him I have to say back on the pitch again and, uh, and scoring um, and I saw Scott's comments post game around you know, certain things he wasn't happy with so we know there will be a response in them, we know that, but again, back at the valley for us on the back of a, a good win ourselves down exit, Exeter, we need to keep this run going. We need to keep this run going, we need to get to that magical mark of, of a certain amount of points to make sure that we're safe and, and keep pushing up the league.
0: And not just that, the opportunity to possibly go 10th uh, if, if results go away, um, is that psychologically a, a boost for, for everybody to be in that top 10, to then look forward upwards rather than anywhere else?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I can't get. I'm not going to get away from that. Yeah, the first, as I've said before, the first challenge to the players was to get to mid-table away from the bottom, and once you get to there, then you, you're trying to, you're just trying to creep up each, each week, each every couple of weeks, whatever it needs to be. So, yeah, to to, to be to be in that uh, part of the division, certainly better than it was a few weeks ago. But again, we can't take our, our eye off the ball. Touch before on, on the performance levels. That's what we focus on. We're going to be challenged many different ways uh, against Fleetwood than we were against Exeter. So we've got to make sure that we stand up to that.
3: There we go. That's Dino looking ahead to the game uh, with Fleetwoods. I mean, where, where should we start with that? I'm I interested in uh, the way he's talking about, Mark, sort of what, what we can achieve in the league, um, because Terry was trying to get get on to, you know, getting up into 10th, but Mark, uh, Dino had already spoken about just getting to the points so that keep you safe first, which I think used to be sort of 50 people used to talk about. But I, I, I think when I worked it out a couple of weeks ago, I think we'd probably only need another 12 or 14 to, to be certain of being safe, which I'm not <clears throat> remotely uh, concerned about, but he's wisely not getting involved in any of the top six chat because it's way too far. And it is just really now for us about just seeing if we can build a little bit of momentum between now and the end of the season.
4: Well, that's it. It's, you know, it's encouraging the wins because it does give you confidence to go into the next game. You know, Bolton, we realized we were beaten by a way better side or much further along their journey than we are. But, you know, he's not going to come out and like you say, give false promises you know, is is not going to come out and promise a premiership in a couple of years, get people's hopes up. He's got, he's he's a realist, and like he says, it's you know, it's just looking looking up and trying not to look over your shoulder, but just take it. It's for it's a very very old tired cliche. Taking it one game at a time is don't look too far ahead and say right if we win this Saturday, fine. Look look at the next one and see where we are. And I think a pleasing thing for him is that he's looking out on the training pitch, and he's getting more options back. Um, I know there was the game sort of behind closed doors this week. Chuck's got some minutes. Hector got some minutes. I think Jojo got some minutes in goal. So it's he's getting back some options now. So he's not having to rely. You know, the ones who are there at the moment are, are doing the job for him. So he's, I don't think he's the kind of guy who's, who's as soon as Hector's fit, going to drop Innes or drop Ness. I mean, I don't think you could drop either of them at the moment because I think they're playing well together. But I think for him, he'll just look at this game and say, right, you know, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, what are our weaknesses? How can we? And like I say, he knows what he's going to get. He knows he's going to get a hard-working Fleetwood side. And do we outbattle them? Do we outfight them? Are we a bit more clever? You know, it's. I think he's he's dealing it with it in the right way. And I'd like I say, I think he's grounded. He's positive, you know, he's not a negative Nelly. He's not going, oh, you know, it's too close to call. But, again, he's not silly. He's not saying, oh, yeah, we're going to go on this run. We're not going to lose till the end of the season and, you know, watch us go. So, I think as as football fans, you know, you you do tend to get carried away with a few wins. Um, But, you know, as we've seen, we went twice, eight games without winning and everything was doom and gloom. So, you've just got to do the old curbs, not too high, not too low.
3: Yeah, well, um, in terms of too high, I think that's going to be the amount of money I'm going to put on Jaden Stockley to score this weekend. It'll probably be too high, but I'm imagine it will come in anyway, Nath. If, um, if ever there was a man who was destined to score a goal at a game, it's got to be poor old Jaden. He had a a horrid time of it at the, you know start of his season, having enjoyed a good time at the Valley, which we have to remember. He was he was poor this season for us, and immediately goes and scores in what, to be fair, was a very much a Cholton goal scoring fest in that. Fleetwood Burton game last week with larger and Charlie Kirk also on the on the score sheet. But I mean he will be absolutely bang up for it on, on Saturday, won't he?
1: A hundred percent he will. I I would be as well if I was him. I think any of us would really. Um I put a pony on it already. Gamble safe and bet you know, bet sensibly and all that jazz. Um but yeah, I, I if I was in Jaden's position, I would as well. You know, he was I wouldn't say he was booted out, but it was quite evident that he wasn't fitting into Dean's plans and that's football. And I said, when he left, if he goes to a team that plays to his strengths, he'll, play, he'll score goals. And, uh, you know, he don't, I don't think he's become a bad player overnight. Um, he's a good player at this level if you play the way that he wants you to play. And that wasn't for Cholton this season, under Ben, for sure. He was playing a bit of more of a withdrawn role, dropping deep. And it, he's not got the agility or the pace to do that in my opinion. So, um, yeah, obviously, I hope that I have, I do lose money and he doesn't score um, unless we're like 5-0 up and he just gets a consolation at the end. But, um, he's going to be bang up for it and I think if every any single one of us were a footballer and faced that same scenario, we'd all want to score against your old club. And, you know, fair play to him. He's just gone to make a living like all of us do. So, hopefully he doesn't, but like, as you say, he's going to be bang up for it.
3: Yeah. Um, Fleetwood not on, on great form. Obviously, they, they they beat Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup uh, at a replay in midweek, Mark, which will have helped them. But in terms of league games, they've they've lost six of their last seven, so they're not exactly on a on, on a flying run in, in terms of League One. Um, you know, that's um that, that 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 that's a big big game for them. They're they're floating only two points above the drop zone. Obviously, we're we're in a much healthier position than that. So um, we, we will be wary of a side that has. Looks to strengthen in uh, in in the transfer window. It's not just Stockley they've bought in; they've also bought in Marriott up top as well.
4: Yeah, it, it's it's a banana skin for us. It really is. Um, if we don't take our chances straight away, I mean, first fifteen minutes. I think I think because of where they are, if we get a couple of early ones like we did on Saturday, I, th- I think it could be an absolute drubbing. However. If we don't have our shooting boots on and you know Bond keeps running offside and it gets to about the 25 minute mark, half hour mark, and it's still nil nil, they're going to sort of like maybe fancy their chances of, of nicking it because we've not really sort of like totally dominated teams. I mean, even the Exeter game, you know, they, they had a good proportion of the game, and so it, this is one of those ones, as, as most Charlton fans will know, is the ones at the bottom who can give you the most trouble you know you you fancy yourselves sometimes against certain teams and you know i've got too many you know torn up hacky slips to to to, to mention to say like, when we thought we were going to win and we didn't so no it's it, it is one of those ones i mean it's difficult because of jaden coming back and like say yes he wants to score he knows you know can he wind up Ryan Innis, which probably wouldn't be the wiser thing to do because Ryan is still a big lump bigger than him? Or will he go in with a, you know, I don't think he's going to go an elbow ness. I, I don't think it's that kind of <laughs> But it might have him
3: if Lee, if yeah. Lee Johnson's around. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Quite likely. But it's, you know, there are certain things as we've seen in the past with sort of like Osha Larger last year where they've sort of like got sent off for having a tumble. And it's, it, you know, sometimes. It, will he be trying too hard? Look, we know he's dangerous. And like they said, he didn't fit our system this year, which was, was disappointing because I think as soon as Washington went and we didn't replace him with a like-for-like like, and then they said, right, we're going to play this way, it was too, it was too narrow for him. He needs to be able to attack things. He needs someone to pull a marker off him so he can get some. Because he is, I mean, he's he, for season before, you know, a terrific return. But again... This season, it didn't work out. Did he get a fair crack? I, d- I don't think he did this season. I d- I, but he again, started, he,
3: started quite, he started pretty much every game, so you'd have to say he probably did.
4: Did he? I, th- I thought you know Mars. I mean, how, well, you know, I know you've really got the stats, but did, I didn't think he'd started that many for us this season.
3: Yeah, it felt it felt well. I'm, I'm going to get him up now because it felt it felt like he started every, pretty much every game uh, for the addicts. I mean, in, t- in terms of us now, if we, we've spoken about that momentum. Um, that that I mean, that means we are going into this game with a level of confidence. You know, we we've spoken about the the game against um against uh, Bolton where we were outclassed, but mid-table teams and teams just below, I feel like we could, on our day, we we could go toe to toe with anyone who's average, like we <laughs> like we happen to be.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think. I mean, obviously now that the end is coming obviously towards the latter part of the season and we haven't really got much to play for unless we go on a really bad run of form and get dragged in again. Um, I think it's a time to play with a bit of freedom. You know, you've got some players that have including Macaulay Bond um, and others that are out of contract and they're going to want to try and stay if that's what Dean and the recruitment team wants, if they're thinking of that. Um, but yeah, mainly they'll, they can just go out, play with freedom, express themselves, enjoy it. Um and then just enjoy playing games because we've not got nothing else to play for, mate. You know. But as as Mark said earlier, it's a potential banana skin. I think if it if Jaden wasn't there, I'd put I'd be pretty confident we'd be winning the game. Um, positivity is a great thing, um, but with Jaden there, it puts that little bit of an edge on it. And do you know what? Like all, all our other other games this season, we ain't really got much in it. But with Jaden coming back, it gives it that little bit of spice. Um, he's going to want to win we're going to want to win you're going to have some battles it'd be a good battle between innis and uh jaden or Ness you know so I'm, I'm looking forward to it but yeah potential banana skin but as you say we just need to keep building the momentum and try to finish strongly so we can try and go into the summer again with that ever optimism that we always do and then have a, a transfer window that fails to uh, to succeed. so um yeah we'll have to look forward to it
4: mate
3: <laughs> yeah, I oh, can't wait. Can't wait to go through that again. That'll be that'll be wonderful. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, twenty starts. Sir uh, Jaden had this so far this season. I do think he he certainly had a fair crack at it. I remember at the start of the season we were talking about um, trying not to. Judge him too harshly too soon, giving him the benefit of the doubt. But after after maybe ten or eleven games, we're like it just isn't working for him. Um, so you know, I, I do hope it, it gets better for him at, at Fleetwood, and he started well. But and uh, yeah, just hope hope no good uh, for him this Saturday. Now, Mark did mention uh, earlier on uh, about the likes of Michael Hector getting some minutes. Uh, with the twenty threes uh, this week, yeah. When I spoke to Dean Holden, uh, he said they were going to play a game against uh, Bournemouth uh, in, in midweek. I think it's Tuesday, perhaps. Um, so yeah, uh, Terry asked for that, and a bit just a bit of an update on the squad fitness uh, ahead of Saturday's game with Fleetwood. So let's hear Terry and Dean discussing the minutes uh, that Michael Hector and others uh, got in midweek.
0: And adding to what was a good weekend, uh, we saw the under-21 victory over Bournemouth. More importantly, outings for Michael Hector, Chucks and EK uh, and Joe Wallacott. They all got valuable minutes. That, uh, that's vital, I suppose, going forward.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The, t- the, t- the timing was good for that. I think uh, Michael not been in the door five minutes really, but he's, he's trained a couple of days and yeah, I think he was fine for the for the 65 minutes that he got Chucks, the, Chucks as well. Uh, we've had a period of time with Chucks where following the, the sort of late withdrawal at Portsmouth in the warm-up, we needed to get some real conditioning into him, so he's approaching the end of his four-week period now of that, and he's married, it as you say, with a, with a, an important uh, 65 minutes or so in, in that game on Tuesday, so that's why that game was important, so thanks to Bournemouth for, for accommodating accommodating us on that. And, uh, yeah, Chucks, he's, he's probably now as close, you know, as close as he probably has been for, for a long time. Um, he's, look, he's looking OK, so... As well as the youngsters, we've had some good feedback from... Uh, I couldn't get to the game, obviously we were training but Andy was there and one or two other coaching members and yeah, Michael showing everything that we thought he would be in terms of not just his quality but his his leadership. He's a great communicator helping Deji next to him and and uh, Harris as well. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a good performance from the boys, from what I'm led to believe, and um, it was an important uh, period, for, for, as you say, for them lads.
0: And especially for Joe, after a lengthy spell out and the heartbreak of missing the World Cup, he must be delighted to be back between the posts in yeah. competitive action.
2: <laughs> I forgot Joe, Joe. I, I, I always forget, we're planning the training sessions, and I talk about an 8v8 or a 9v9, Shimsy's always saying, no, it's a 10v10 gaffer if you include it. I never include the keepers in that. But you're right. It's uh, yeah. I think mentally for Jojo that was important. He's he's been training probably for a week or two now, but he needed that game I think for, for confidence as much as anything in terms of you know that finger and, and what happened to him. Uh, obviously when he got injured. So no, that's uh, again fantastic that Jojo's got through it and uh, yeah, he's in a good place.
0: And those three back in the sort of contention, I guess, uh, two games coming up next week, so a test for the squad generally. How is the squad? Um, great news on the on the three three lads we just mentioned, but Stephen Sessignon as well. Um, any chance that he could be available? How is the squad generally? I think for Sess, we just have to keep monitoring him. Um,
2: so last weekend, he, had, he was fine Friday night down at Exeter and then Saturday morning, then he had swollen up a little bit. So we've looked at the training week that he had last week on the back of the injection he had on Monday. Um, so we've changed it slightly this week. Um, He didn't train today, but hopefully he'll do a bit like training tomorrow. We'll just assess him uh, as he goes. Um, It was a real hive of activity actually out there today. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? And the pitches are starting to show themselves a little bit better now. The ground's been overcome, hopefully, that terrible period of weather that we've had. So the the pitches are looking good again. And uh, we had the 18s out in one pitch, the 21s were down there. And then we had the injured lads doing the rehab. And the first, it was a real good hive of activity, I suppose. So, yeah, Todd was out running with the fitness coaches. Manny's in a good moment as well. Manny's coming back from from his injuries. He's out running at the moment with the fitness guys. So, yeah, we, we, we're we're okay in terms of in terms of numbers.
3: So we go. It sounds like good news that some of those chaps are, are getting closer to to coming back. Um, I, I don't know if, if based on that, Nate, whether you're thinking, oh, that they're bound to be straight back into the side. But um, one question I, I do have is, you know, looking at the last lineup, you, you were you were down there at Exeter. Um, is there any changes and, and the change I'm going to put you on the spot about is bond for Lieber. And is that one you'd be tempted to make based on what you saw from McCauley, you know, did, did his work go un, under appreciated by me and, and others? Was he doing a lot of running off the ball that I didn't quite pick up or, you know, cause when miles came in, it felt like he got involved a little bit more.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think they're different players. Miles puts himself about a bit, a little bit more physically. Um, I just didn't think it was a game for McCauley a bit. He was, he was sort of, he was try, obviously he was trying hard. There's no doubt on that. McCauley always tries hard and, you know, and that's well, but I, I think he had one shot where he held off a defender and just scooped it over. But do I think it's, um, worthy of dropping him? I wouldn't say he played poorly that he, and he should be dropped. I think it all depends on, on miles, zones and whether or not he's able to start the game. Um, if Miles is fit and you know there's no concerns about if he's in the red zone or that, then I would start him because, in my opinion, Miles is our number one striker at the moment um, in terms of form and ability and his athleticism. So, yeah, I, I, if Miles is fit, I'd start him. But I, that's not saying that I think McCauley's rubbish or he's been in poor form. But then the other the other flip of that is, and if you want to change a game, I think Miles will probably have a bigger impact. But then. Who knows? Will Chuck be on the bench? According to some betting um, companies, Chuck's is our favourite goal scorer that's going to score on Saturday. So maybe they know something that we don't. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd play. I'd play. I'd play Miles if if he was able to do so. But apart from that, I wouldn't change it around for no reason. We won the game. We we're fairly comfortable. I'd hopefully looking forward to see Kill Kenny again. I thought he was really good. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate.
3: Yeah, and we just heard there, Dean. Like we say, speaking about the likes of of Hector and, and EK getting those minutes, uh, Manny Egbo—that's a big one. Can't wait for him to come back because I think he's been excellent at times uh, when he was fit, including I think his debut was away at Fleetwood, actually, where he was very good. Um, yeah, Cess is a concern, isn't it? Obviously, we saw we heard about his swelling uh, just before the game against Exeter, that saw him being withdrawn. Mark, um, and it sounds like he—I mean, still he has to be managed because I think. Sess and Egbo on the pitch is a massive a massive lift for us and, and not one we've been able to have enough this season.
4: Yeah, we probably won't see that this season anyway because I'd be very surprised if Egbo, okay, he's only running now, but it's, by the time he gets some games in and if they are having to manage Sess's uh, knee, for a, for a youngster like that to have it managed that early in his career is, is concerning. Um, it's a pity because I, I like him out there. I, I'm not... I know he's only been in for a couple of games, but Penny does something about him for me. But you know, I like Kane on the other side though. So it's it's difficult. Um again, it's you don't want him having a warm up. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Chuck's on the bench if they think thinking they can get 30 minutes out of him. Because we know how good he is when he comes on as an impact sub. So I'm I'm with those. I'd I'd start with Leeburn as well. Um you know, there's not too much you change about the midfield and defensively. i just like say, if, if managing him sets his knee, I know they say he's, he's more happy on the right side, but I don't I don't know. Claire, I, I like Clegg on that side. I know he's not everyone's favourite, you know, and we have been caught out a few times. But the whole thing, I don't know, it's, it's hard.
3: Yeah, often when we get to chats like this, I'm glad I'm not the manager because uh, there are there are some some positions it's quite hard to choose who you'd like to see. Right, I did promise that we'd get to some of your messages as well. Now, I sort of was a bit low on ideas. When, like, I completely forgot to send a tweet before we started recording. Uh, so I only sent it about 20 minutes before we started to go. <laughs> so I said, uh, let's just have some one-word answers to my four questions. So my four questions are George Dobson's uh, new deal. How do you feel about that? Dean Holden being linked with Huddersfield. Uh, the ongoing takeover saga. And Jaden Stockley uh, returning uh, to the Valley uh, on Saturday. So Alfie emailed, uh, well, the George Dobson deal feels horny. Might might be taken out slightly too far. <laughs> um, uh, Dean Holder being linked uh, with Huddersfield. He feels faithful, so he feels like he'll be faithful. Uh, he feels the ongoing takeover saga is fraudulent. Uh, Jaden Stockley returning to the Valley on Saturday. He put hat trick. Uh, Derek uh, said the new deal jubilant. Huddersfield. He feels dysphoric. Uh, oh, blimey, he's put some real difficult words in here. The Ongoing Takeover Saga, he's put Panglossian. Any ideas, Knife? Panglossian? Why have you come to me? <laughs> Mark, <laughs> is it Panglossian? My, my
1: vocabulary <laughs> is rubbish. I was about to Google yeah. it if you went to Mark first, and then I was going to make myself look really
3: clever. A but person who is Pang- optimistic... Regardless of the circumstances. That's why I came to you, Nathan.
1: I, I would have just said <laughs> uh, I would have just said optimistic, mate, to be fair, but fair play for knowing that
3: vocabulary. Yeah, right. And uh Jaden Stockley coming back to the the valley says indifferent. Uh, Dean says uh he's for uh number one sand guard out, number two Sangard guard out, number three sand guard out, number four Sangard out. Has he been a naughty boy as well with Zionates getting uh investigated over in the States? So you may have seen some tweets uh earlier on uh, this afternoon sort of linking uh zynex with some uh pr- practices uh, that has been going on for a while in fact I, I, joe even mentioned it on the show a few weeks ago it's not the first time we've heard of it but again it's one of those things that's been brought up on social media today and being brought to uh, people's attentions right we've got loads of reactions on twitter as well so ashley says uh, neat poopy sinky and sigh uh, pc presenter says superb nope drama applause uh, Lawrence says, boom for the uh, George Dobson deal. Uh, no for the Dean Holden link uh, to Huddersfield. Boring for the takeover and goal uh, for Jaden Stockley coming back. Mark says, delirious, uh, inevitable with the Huddersfield link. Bored uh, with the takeover stuff and bothered uh, about the uh, Jaden Stockley stuff. Big Tone says, good, bad, tired and meh. Uh, Dave says, happy, concerned, bored and meh. Uh, Wayne says, chuffed, uneasy, queasy and unconcerned. Mono <clears throat> says, yes, no, meh, goal. Uh, Stuart says, looking forward to a tough encounter, which should be a good three points at home uh, this weekend, which I think was not in the spirit of the uh, the one-word answers, but thanks for uh, for, for getting involved. So uh, we, we're nearly at the end of the, of the big match preview, Mark. Um, I mean, this game it is nice to just concentrate on the football for a while, you know, after after what's been a, a bit of a, a rubbish week. Um, you know, I've seen Rachel saying that she's feeling a bit disquieted about about the takeover, uh, about, a little bit drained, sorry, about the takeover stuff, saying I may have to consult with for better options uh which I'm I'm fairly confident is what uh, Mr. Panglosian did, uh, Derek, but um <laughs> but um yeah I, I, it, it's nice to have a Saturday where we can just think about football for a couple of hours and also try and strain my neck to see if Charlie Meffin is in the director's box.
4: Yeah. Um again it, it's quite nice because it's 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 weird when there's no midweek game, it, you, it, you have a different kind of anticipation for Saturday. So you know you you might watch for games which are on you know the, like the FA Cup replays and stuff like that. But you are now looking forward. You're scout. You're looking forward to the Thursday because you're looking forward to the um, interviews Terry's doing with the boss, and you're finding out a bit more. And I think the anticipation for for a Saturday home game, the levels go up in, in such a. And again, and it is it's, it's it makes a nice change to go. You know, look at it in a positive way. It's hmm. there's there's not.
3: It never goes away as well. You know, even with all the, the, the dreariness of trudging towards mid-table in League One, I am still looking forward to the game on Saturday. So hopefully uh, we can put three points on the board. Right, we've run out of time on uh, this week's uh, Big Match preview. Thanks to all of you uh, who've joined us uh, via the podcast. Uh, thanks to those of you who had your four-word reviews as well. I didn't get to all of them because actually quite a lo- loads of people reacted to that, more than uh, I ever expected. So, uh, yeah, thank you for, for your messages uh, on that. Thank you, Nathan and Mark. Always a pleasure. Cheers, boys. Cheers, sir. Good to speak to the previous. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday to look back at whatever happens against people we show. I look forward to seeing you then. See you later. <laughs>